Hello, welcome to the Goals Love Podcast. Open your Bibles with us to Acts chapter 10 as Brother Pastor Pearson leads us in today's lesson. Open your Bibles with me if you would please to Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10. So much, so much that we are seeing together in the book of Acts. If you remember the purpose, our purpose looking into the book of Acts right now is to follow up on what we have seen together in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, we find out that the Christ has come. And what we see in the Christ is that he is making reference continually to the coming of Comforter or a power within, overflowing power from within. From the very beginning of his earthly ministry, as we look at it in the Gospel of John, we find that whether you are Nicodemus, or whether you are the woman at the well, you are not capable of having for yourself, earning for yourself, accomplishing for yourself, what it is that God wants to simply give you. He wants just to give this to you. And so he makes reference, promise continually. He says to the woman, if you knew, if you knew who I was, and if you knew what the promise of God was, you'd simply ask me, and you could have living water. And so she says, I'd like to have that. She doesn't have a great understanding, but she does recognize that she'd like to have that. And Jesus, again, I could say this over and over and over again, if you really care, if you really care, if you're really honest, then Jesus will meet you right where you are, period. doesn't matter where you are. What matters is if you'll be honest about it and if you'll turn to Jesus. It's difficult. So we are assembled in a place, we're assembled in a, in a, in our, in our, in a church building, but it's really important that we understand that what I'm not, not a proposing to you this morning, I would never be proposing to you ever, 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 no matter how many times the Lord allows me to stand here, is that you try harder. That's not what I'm here to tell you. What I'm here to tell you is Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He, he washed it white as snow. Now there is an outworking of this. There is a growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus in the present evil world. You know, Don was teaching this morning on abiding In the vine, Christ is the true vine and we are the branches. And my mind started turning to the life, just just while he's going through his lesson, my life turned to a branch, the daily daily life of a branch. What's it like to be a branch all day long? What's it like when the bugs start crawling around on you and they're like, hey, I think I'll take a little bite right here, that kind of a thing. But as long, the, the word of God promises that if I'll just abide, if I'll just stay here in Jesus, the husbandman, By the way, Jesus is the vine. He's the one empowering me. But the Father will take care of me. He's the one that will walk over and take the bug off you and says, I've got this. I know what's going on. I'm doing the pruning. I'm doing the care. I'll be the one, by the way, that recognizes the fruit when I see it, and I'll pick the fruit. I know what's going on. How wonderful is that? How simple is biblical Christianity when all I have to do is trust Christ? 
and know that the Father is doing all the work in my life to conform me to the image, to make me Jesus-like, if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be irreverent. That's literally the whole point, that we are to be conformed to the image of Christ, that you and I are no longer to behave ourselves like we would behave ourselves in our own strength, but that in the strength of God, we can be what he would have us to be. And again, we're not going to get any glory for it. You don't get to brag or boast because you're not the one doing it, but you do get to enjoy it. You do get to enter into it. Not only that, because of the change in your life, people around you would say, what has happened to you? And your answer will always be, not what? Not a 12-step program. Who? Jesus has happened to me. Changed everything. So at the beginning of chapter 10, we had this gentleman named Cornelius. Somebody asked me a question this week. It was, a, it was an important question. We, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about it. I won't spend a lot of time talking about it today. But Cornelius is not a Hebrew. Right? And that's very clear in the context. Cornelius doesn't live in a Hebrew city. Cornelius is not a Hebrew individual. But there have been people who were not Hebrew by birth. In other words, they do not have the genetics of the Hebrews, but they have already trusted Christ, and they lived in different Hebrew cities. And so this person was saying, we're going to see in Cornelius, which we haven't seen yet, we'll see it, Lord willing, this morning, in Cornelius' life and in those that are with Cornelius, we're going to see the gospel going to the Gentiles. And so the question was, but haven't some people who were Gentiles already been saved? And the answer is, yes, but they were proselyte Gentiles. And what that means, I don't want to go into great technical detail, but here's what happened. So we all understand who Ruth was, right? L Ruth is living in a foreign world, and there's a Hebrew woman living there with her, and the husband dies, and, the, and then, and then, her, and then the, the boys die, and this woman's basically going back to Israel, and this woman, Ruth, is going to go with her. Now, what she's going to do is this. This is what she says. I'm going to go back with you, and I'm going to follow everything that you guys do there. That's the idea of a proselyte. So I'm going to reject my heritage, my city, my gods, everything, and I'm going to go and live with you, and I'm going to do the things the way that you do those things. Now, here's what's important about that. That was well-received. The, the, the law, the Old Testament law, allows for this. But the Hebrews themselves had perverted this understanding to the only way to have a relationship with God is for everybody to do what we do. And they become very exclusive if you don't do it like us, then you can't possibly be doing it right. Now, what's remarkable is even the apostles were doing this when they were just the disciples. At one point, they come to see the Lord Jesus, and they say, hey, there was these people over there, and they were telling people about you, but they're not following us. They're not walking with us. And so we told them, hey, cut that out. And Jesus said, who are you to tell them to cut that out? If they're not against us. They're for us. If someone's preaching Christ, then let them preach Christ. Say, so well, if they don't say everything the way we say it or I say it, really it comes down to me, not we, you know, my church, my this. It comes down to being selfish. But what God wants you to understand, he has a word. This is his word. We do everything. We do things according to the word of God. Yes? Yes? It's the only thing that counts. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It's what does God say about this. But what, what isn't, what isn't, is, excuse me, isn't, what God wants is for us to go beyond what he says, insist on, and make people insist to do things that we would say they have to do and not what he would say they have to do. So Cornelius is going to be the 
person that God uses in his Bible to show us how now the Gentiles are finally going to receive, and this is a while after Pentecost, how they are finally going to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is a significant event in the history of biblical Christianity. But it was always intended to be like this. But the Jews didn't understand. Now, this is really important. So we spent a fair amount of time last week. Just look with me at verse 13, 10, 13. It says, and there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now, if you go back to verse 12, there's all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. In other words, there are a lot of things that, according to the Levitical law, are unclean. You're not supposed to eat these things. But God has told Peter to, he's hungry, by the way. He says, hey, I want you to eat some of these things. And you can probably imagine in your mind that Peter looks around and says, I don't see any cows. I don't see any lamb. I don't see anything I can eat. Nothing here I can eat. I can't eat anything. That's what he says, right? Rise, Peter, kill and eat. He says, verse 14, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. In other words, I've always followed the Hebrew law as I'm supposed to. And I'm not going to eat these things. And this is what it says in verse 15. And the voice spake and said unto him a second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. So what he's saying is this. No, it's okay. I'm telling you you can. Now this is, I, I made a joke last week at this point. Because what he's doing is he's literally changing the diet. He's saying, no, you can eat these things now. And I said, I, don't, I think I said, you know, crab legs or lobsters are in this list, right? Because there are things that we eat, pork, for example. We live in the South. Everybody eats pork of some sort. Some people eat pork of every sort, right? The Hebrews couldn't eat pork, but we can eat pork, right? Now, of course, we're, now you're probably not Hebrew anyway. There's probably nobody here that's actually Hebrew. If you're Hebrew, then good. Well, actually, there is one that is Hebrew, I think. That's right. So she can now eat pork, okay? But the rest of us, we've been eating pork all of our lives, okay? I, what I want you to recognize is this. God is clearly using this to teach. Now, by the way, this was done three times. Verse 17 says, Peter doubts. He doesn't know what's going on. Verse 19 says, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, behold, there are three men. Three men have come. So I don't want to rehearse everything I said last week, but last week we saw Cornelius wanted to know God. Look up here. Please look up here. If you want to know God, let me, let me assure you of something. If you want to know God, if you want to know God, you will know God. Because God wants you to know him. Okay? If you, really, mean, I mean this with all my heart. I remember as an unsaved person talking to someone who I knew had something different in their life for the very, in our very first conversation. And what I said to him was, how can I have what you have? Not having any real understanding of what I was saying. I just knew his life was different. He had peace, and I didn't. I said, how can I have what you have? And this was his answer. If you want the truth, you will have the truth because God wants you to have the truth. So the only way to not have what God wants, listen, this is really important. For, the only way to not have what God wants for you is to reject it, to say no to it. Now, Cornelius is not saying no to it. Cornelius is saying yes to his conscience. And if you go look at what Cornelius is doing, you say, oh, he's doing some really good things. He is doing some really good things. It is his approach to God. Now, you can't come to God through your good works, but you can show God that you're serious through trying to do good. Does that make sense? Right? 
His conscience is saying, you know what? Don't do this. There's some people doing some terrible. Don't do those things. Do these things instead. And so he's obeying his conscience. And so what's happened now, and this is something that you will come to understand. If people will say yes to the light that they are given, God will give them more light. Always, by the way. That's how we grow. If you, if you say no to what the Holy Spirit is teaching you this morning, then he cannot take you past this point right now. He is really good as an instructor, and he will say, this is what I'm wanting to accomplish in your life right now. I want you to put that down. And you say, well, I don't want to put that down. Let's, let's just talk about this, Lord. And he said, no, I want you to put that down. This is necessary before we go any further with that. This is necessary. And you say, Lord, I don't understand. And what he would say to you is this, I don't need you to understand. I need you to understand that I understand. See, because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Just trust God. I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm not asking you to trust the church. I'm asking you to trust Jesus. I'm asking you to trust the word of God completely. Just that's all. That's all. So God has said to Cornelius, he's prepared the heart of the person that's going to hear the gospel. And he said, now, go get a preacher. He doesn't, that's not exactly how it's worded, but that's what he's saying. Now, go get a preacher. Send some people and have them go get Peter. Peter will come, and he will tell you what you need to know. Now, what we were looking at is God preparing the heart of the messenger. So God is preparing the one who's going to hear. Look at, please look up here. You will never grow past God working in your life as you minister in the lives of others. I have come to this under, I spent so many hours in preparation for sermons that I have never preached. And what I realized finally, is, oh, that wasn't for you, that was for me, so I could be ready to preach to you. So what God is doing in Peter's life is for Peter, so that Peter can be prepared to minister to the people that God wants him to minister to. And so that will continue to happen in your life. I hope that's encouraging to you. In other words, if you say, I don't feel prepared, you're never prepared. But you will be prepared for the next time. Always, you will be prepared for the next time. Just say yes to what God is saying to you in your life and then go see or talk to or whatever it is, the one that God asks you to, he will do all of the work. And you will find yourself this, continuing to grow in your trust of him and your ability to be able to say what he already showed you in the word of God. So he's getting ready to go. Let's just jump ahead now. And it says, on the morrow, verse 24, let's go to, and on the morrow, and the morrow after they entered to Caesarea. So Peter has left. He has gone with these men that have come from Cornelius. He's gone with them, and he has come into Caesarea. And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and his near friends. So there's a group. There's There's an entire group of people waiting. And Peter... Verse 25, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him. Now, look up here. Cornelius is a centurion of the Italian band. He is a man of tremendous authority and, 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 and political clout. And Peter, a stupid fisherman. I'm not being mean. That's what they understood him to be. A stupid fisherman comes into his house and notice what he does. And Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. That's remarkable. That's a humble man. Is that not a humble man right there? Here this guy comes in and he falls down at his feet. 
Now notice what Peter, now this is important also, this is just as important as Cornelius' humility, is Peter's humility. But Peter took him up, lifted him up, saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. We're just men. God help us, amen? Look, 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 please look up here. Whoever you're talking to, you're just like them. Your lives may be different, your experiences may be different, their hair may be different, they may have hair and you may not. You're the same. We're the same. We're just men. And when you say, well, some of us are women, Adam is the idea. We're just mankind. We're just men and women, boys and girls, and everybody around us is just like us. It doesn't matter. Listen, I'm telling you, nothing matters. Skin color doesn't matter. Eye color doesn't matter. Hair color doesn't matter. Nothing matters. We just need Jesus. Everybody just needs Jesus. And he talked with, as he talked to me, he went in. And he found, so Peter walks in, and he found that many were come together. And he said unto them, now listen to this. You know how that it is unlawful, how it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. Now, I want to stop here. Look up here. It's important. Because this is actually not true. Peter's understanding of the law Peter, Peter, listen, this is going to be really important in your life today. Peter has been taught at church. Got to do it like this. That's not true. It's not what the passages actually say. So he says it's unlawful for him to be there. It's not unlawful for him to be there. But, but notice what it says. It says in the middle of verse 28, but God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, this is important. Listen, this is really important. God himself had shown Peter through the word of God, Peter, you're wrong in your understanding about this. Adjust your understanding and live differently. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Every one of you this morning, are you willing, are you really truly willing when the word of God shows you that something that you have held hard and fast to in your life for an extended period of time because Dr. So-and-so or Pastor So-and-so or so-and-so, so-and-so told you you will do this for the rest of your life and you suddenly realize, wait, why am I doing what a man prefers instead of what the word of God says? Amen? Isn't it simple? I mean, really, it is simple. And by the way, the word of God does not put nearly the yoke on people that most churches put on people. And again, I'm not talking about running around lawless now. That's not the whole point. If you want to run around lawless, just leave. That's the point. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. What God wants to accomplish in our lives will come from here and not from any group of men or women. Yes? From the word of God. We trust the word of God. And that's it. Now, Peter's saying to him, I'm here because God told me to come here. Therefore, he says in verse 29, came I unto you without gainsaying, without any back talk, which is funny because he did have a little wrestling match with God before he got here. Yes or no? Let me say that. I hope this will help you. Are you guys aware the book of Galatians, and the book of Galatians, I think it's chapter 3, Paul's going to say, when Peter came to Antioch, I had to tell him, Peter, behave yourself. Do you guys remember this? Why? Do you remember what the incident was? So here's what happened. Peter was at Antioch. And when he got there, there's basically just a bunch of Gentiles in Antioch. 
And Peter got there, and, he's, and, he, and they're, having, they're having Bible conferences, and everything is wonderful, and, and they're having meals after the Bible conferences, and Peter's sitting right in the middle of all the Gentiles, and they're just having a wonderful time eating their pork. They're just having a great time. Everything's wonderful. Everybody's rejoicing. Everything's great. And then, from Jerusalem, a bunch of other Christians show up. But they're Jewish Christians, and they've come. They haven't come to cause trouble. They've just come to be a part of the conference. But what happens is when they got there, all of the Jews ate in one location. And what did Peter do? Anybody know? He got up and he went over and he sat down and he ate with the Jews. And Paul said, Peter, it's not who we are. And if you do this, you'll crush them. Because they'll think that they're supposed to do what you're doing when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Do you understand? You see how significant this is? So the point is what Peter is doing right now is great, praise God. This isn't going to be the last time that Peter wrestles with something from his past causing him difficulty in his service for God. Now, why am I telling you this? Because you may have something in your life that has hindered your service for God, and you have repented of it, and it may bother you again at some point for some reason, and guess what you'll have to do? Repent of it again. Do you understand? But recognize this, God is able to overcome this in your life like he was able to overcome this in Peter's life if you will let him. So that's what's going on. So he said, I came without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. And he did come as soon as he was sent for, by the way. And I ask, therefore, for what intent have you sent me? Why? <laughs> Cornelius, you got a bunch of people in the room. Why are we here? And this is what Cornelius said. Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, that thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged at the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. So look up here. So here's what he said. I was reaching out for God. And God reached out to me and said, you have said yes to what I have shown you. And now I'm going to show you what you really need to know. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, honestly, isn't that wonderful? Let me give you this, this promise, this assurance. Anywhere in the world, anywhere in, anywhere in the world that someone says yes to their conscience and to the light of creation, God will send them a witness that will show them Christ. So I want you to hear this. It really is simple to remember. Conscience, creation, Christ. If people say no to their conscience and they reject what God shows them about himself in the creation, then they are not candidates to be shown who Christ is. But literally anywhere in the world, in the seven billion souls on the planet right now, if any one person says, I want to know the truth, and they really want to know the truth, and God knows the heart, then guess what? There'll be a missionary there, well, within four days, if you will. Just like that. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, isn't that wonderful? Listen, listen. Trust this to be true. 
God is looking constantly for anyone who's saying yes as he's reaching out through the power of their conscience, reaching out through the power of creation, and causing them to come to an understanding where they would simply say, I'm not worshiping this rock anymore. I'm not worshiping this stick anymore. I'm not worshiping these dollars anymore. I'm not worshiping this political correctness anymore. I'm done with all of this. All I want now is whatever the truth is. God says, then I'll show you. Amen? And that's what's happened in Cornelius' life. And he says, so, so Peter, that's why we're here, and that's why you're here. We're here because God is working in our heart. You're here because God is working in your heart. By the way, let me say this. If you won't let God work in your heart, you can't work in the CEF ministry. You can't teach the Sunday school. You can't really. You look, you can show up and be in charge of the class, but you can't help them unless you're letting God work in your heart. And I love to tell you, at one point in your life, you had to say yes to Jesus. You had to come to an altar. You had to say, Lord, I want to be a great Sunday school teacher for the rest of my life, and this is the one time in my life that I'm going to tell you this, and now it's going to be great. No, it's not. You're going to have to grow. You're going to have to daily deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. You're going to grow daily. You're going to continue to learn. He's going to continue to change you. But praise God, that's okay. Because Peter, again, this event right here is before Antioch. He's going to be used mightily. He's still going to stumble. Do you understand? No one is, per- the Apostle Paul, by the way, who's the one that said to Peter, 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 don't be like this. The Apostle Paul is going to say later, I have not arrived. I am not perfect. I am mature, but I'm not flawless. And I'm pretty confident until Jesus changes me, I will not be flawless. Amen? When he's going to come and get us all, and then in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, just like that, we'll all be changed. I was thinking about this again the other day. It had to do with yesterday. It had to do with where we were in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, I want to say. And I was thinking about this quite a bit afterwards. I, I don't know about, well, we talked about it. Greg and Greg Bailey and I were talking about it. I don't know if you're looking forward to leaving here and being with Jesus. But if you're not, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why would you? Look, I'm not telling you to go out and commit suicide. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't know why we would hold on to this when what we have right around the corner, according to the Apostle Paul, to depart and be with Christ is far better. I'm so glad for the promises of God. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about the, the abiding in this morning. I was thinking about taking that, that thought and tying it into Don's Sunday school lesson. I was thinking about being a branch, right, out in the weather, being a branch all day, every day, knowing that we'll bring forth our fruit in due season. Well, go out, go out, and, go out and watch a, tr- a branch today. Watch the fruit. There's no fruit. It's February, right? Go out and watch that branch. Go out and watch it again tomorrow. Stay there. Stand there all day long. Look at the branch. You know what you're going to see? The wind is going to move the branch around a little bit. A bug may crawl on it. The sun may hit it for just a little bit. At some point, it will rain on it. You understand? While we're living here in this sin-sick world, there will continually be an assault on you as you abide in Christ. But just keep abiding in Christ. Just keep it. And then you will be able to be used of him to help somebody else to come to know him. And the next thing you know, they'll be abiding in Christ. And they'll be growing and they'll be producing fruit because God will be doing exactly what he says he's going to do. So he says, immediately I sent. This is verse 33. Immediately I sent. And so now we're here. Oh, I like how he says this. Listen. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee. So as soon as God told me to, I did. 
Thou hast well done that thou art come. Isn't that funny? This is what he said. He just bowed down before this guy. He said, look, I'm just a man. And he said, I sent for you and you did a good job. You came. God thinks that too. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Preach. Then Peter did. Then Peter opened his mouth. Instead of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now, look up here. Why is he saying this? Because the Hebrews still are. Right? Remember, they wouldn't go through Samaria. For a long time, they wouldn't go through Samaria. We, we have to grow. We have to grow. <clears throat> of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him. So underline that. That's going to be an important thing. He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So all of those that fear God and repent, which is the righteous work, are accepted of God. Anyone who fears God and says yes to him and no to themselves, God will accept that and he will send them the gospel. The word, of, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, had how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who, he, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in all the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and they, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him, the Lord Jesus Christ, give all the prophets witness and that through his name, whosoever believeth on him should receive the remission of sins. Amen? So it's just... Literally just the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the atonement for sins and the forgiveness of sins because of what Christ has done for all of us. He just preached the gospel to the Gentiles, and they believed him. And then it says this. Now, I don't know. This is this. Okay, let me, let me read this. This fits into a message that this, this message is longer than I, I thought. I was going to take two weeks to do this. It's going to take three weeks to do this. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed. So in other words, so look up here, this is important. I don't want you to miss what's going on. So Peter's preaching to a large Gentile crowd. He and five other Hebrews are here. So there are six Hebrews here. We're going to find out later. That's how many there are because he's going to talk about this in Jerusalem when they're going to say to him, hey, what were you doing? He's going to say, hey, there were six of us there, and this is what happened. So notice what he says. It says, they of the circumcision, so the people that were with Peter, including Peter, they were already believers, and they saw what was happening to the Gentiles, and they were astonished because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what they thought. What? What? 
God is giving them everything that he gave us? And they didn't even have to get circumcised? They didn't have to leave the city and come to Jerusalem and be a proselyte? They just have to trust Jesus? That's it? That's amazing. That's marvelous. That's wonderful. That's what it says. It says, for they heard them speaking with other tongues, speaking in unknown languages, languages that they didn't naturally know, but the Hebrews recognized some of these languages. And what they're doing is they're magnifying God. So the, the, the Gentiles that have received the Holy Spirit have the same sign gifts which are present during this time in history to give evidence to the Hebrews that God has given them everything he gave the Hebrews. Amen? Look up here. I don't have time to teach this today. The sign gifts were, are not for us. They were to show the Hebrews that what God gave the Hebrews, he was going to give the Gentiles. This will not be the last time the Hebrews give the gospel to Gentiles. It will not be the last time that the Gentiles, because the circles are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and God is going to continue while the apostles are preaching to pour out the Holy Spirit so that all of Israel will know, listen, this is not just for you, and it's not just through you. In a little while, he's going to start using Gentiles to preach to Gentiles, which is what's happening right now, right? I'm a Gentile preaching to other Gentiles and one Jew, okay? So God is now making, he has torn down the middle wall. There is no separation which we built. There's no separation. God said it's for everybody. And I'll treat everybody the same. Everybody who fears God and will repent I will rescue everybody. Praise God. Now, so how confident can you be as you go and talk to somebody about Jesus? Well, here's how confident you can be. If they want Jesus, they'll have him. If they don't want Jesus, that's between them and Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, you can receive Jesus. He will forgive you your sins. He will give you a new life. He will give you a new heart. In fact, he'll come live inside you and empower you. Amen? Isn't that marvelous? <clears throat> Verse 47, and listen to Peter. Peter says at the end of verse 46, Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So now why is this significant? Again, I don't want to... I don't want to spend a lot of time on the, on the doctrinal part of this, but it's, this is really marvelous. So here's what he's saying. We preach the gospel. They believe the gospel. They got the Holy Ghost. They can be part of the church. Yes? Right? So just a little while ago, just a, well, last week, week before, I don't remember. My memory's terrible. Drake was in this water right here. Why? Because we preached the gospel. Drake believed the gospel. He received the Holy Ghost, and we put him in the water. Amen? Because if you're a new creature, you can join the church. Yes? Because what's necessary to be a part of the church, part of this church, you have to trust Jesus and know that this is where God would have you to. Because right now, here's what you come to realize. There are many local churches. God is working throughout the whole world in his body. But there are many local churches. And wherever you are in the local church, whatever local church you're in, serve God. Serve them. Be a part of that body. Because this body can't function if you won't do your part. That's what God is wanting to accomplish. But who can be a part? the body of Christ? And the answer is everybody that believes. And, and, and what's really remarkable is Peter got it. How quick did he get it? Just like that. 
He's preaching the gospel, and the next thing he knows, people are repenting, they're believing, they're receiving the Holy Ghost, and he's like, let's baptize these guys. If they'll be, now, by the way, baptism still costs them just like it did the Jews. In other words, to be baptized still got you in big trouble. So it wasn't like it was, if, when they said, I want to follow Jesus in believer's baptism, it was a big deal to these Gentiles just like it was to the Jews because people were going to hate them for doing it. And by the way, that's becoming true in America. Followers of Christ in America used to be, oh, that's okay, that's fine, you do whatever you want. But followers of Christ in America are becoming marked. In a little while, don't, don't, don't be surprised when somebody, one of your children or grandchildren becomes baptized and people have a fit about it. That's what's happening in America. But that was always happening where they lived. So they get, and by the way, he says, baptize us, Peter, and stick around. Let's have some Bible studies. Let's learn some stuff about the word of God. Amen? That should be the, listen, I'm, I'll be done. This will be the end of this message. If you don't have a desire, now you're here this morning. This works out really well for everybody that's here this morning, right? If you don't have a desire to be in the house of God to grow, what makes you think you're a Christian? Really, and I mean that. I'm not trying to be mean or unkind. But if you don't have a desire for the word of God, if you don't have a desire for a relationship with Christ, then you're probably just a churchgoer when you're a churchgoer. And that's not good enough. Come back tonight. We'll talk about that. Come back tonight. I am, I am, I am um, burdened for souls that just go to church and need Jesus. I'm burdened for souls that don't go to church and need Jesus. But if we're going to have, listen, this is really important. If we are going to do this, if we're going to go and preach the gospel, then you are going to have to let Jesus change your life. So let me ask you this, and we'll be done. I have two questions, really. The first one is this. Is there anything in your life that Jesus is saying to you, I want to change this in your life? And you know it. I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to. I think this is important. Some of you may wonder, why, why, don't, why, why doesn't Tidewater have more altar calls? Because what I've seen from altar calls is this. People come down, and they pray, and they weep and stuff like that, but the next day, nothing changes. Listen, if God is dealing with your heart, then tomorrow when you wake up, he'll still be dealing with your heart. Do you understand? If, if, if God is speaking to you that something needs to either leave your life or enter your life, let him do it. Let him do it. If you don't, you can't be used like Peter is being used. Peter, can you imagine if Peter, so, so he said, Peter, rock, kill, and eat. I don't know, Lord. Okay, look, there's three guys coming. I need you to go with them. When they come, go with them. Nothing doubting. All right, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't understand it. It says twice. He doesn't understand everything that's going on. But this is what he knows. Jesus said, trust me, go. And when he gets there, he sees these people and says, oh, now I understand what he was trying to teach me. I will say yes to that, praise God. I will say yes to Jesus changing my understanding and not what somebody else told me, but what Jesus told me. And I'll walk in that light. And now let me tell you guys about Jesus. That's all he told them, by the way. Let me tell you about Jesus. Go look at the sermon. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you, about, let me tell you this about Jesus. Let me tell you this about Jesus. Let me tell you this about Jesus. Now let me tell you this about our church in Jerusalem. Let me tell you this about me being an apostle. Let me tell you where I was trained in my fishing boat. None of that. 
me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. May God help us for us, one, to say yes to what Jesus is doing in our lives. Two, for us to just tell other people what about Jesus. Yes or I mean, honestly, help me. Yes or no? I mean, amen or not? Just tell people about Jesus. Let him so change you that they would be the ones asking you even, man, what's going on? And you can say, yeah, I've really been wrestling with something for a long time. But Jesus showed me this. Let me show you the passage. I was reading this the other day. I've been wrestling for a while. He showed me this. He says, this is what he's showing me. Because Jesus is wonderful. He loves me. He loves you. He wants to make a difference. Father, thank you. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you have any questions, you can reach us at thegoalislove.org. If you would like to hear more of God's Word, we would love for you to subscribe. We hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.